Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. Welcome back to another episode of How the Grades Do It. Super excited for my conversation today with Natalia Hunick. She's the CRO of CubeLogic. Natalia, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Tyler. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, I'd love to um, know a little bit about what you're up to at CubeLogic and um, maybe how you got to where you are. Maybe a high-level overview would be helpful for us. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, currently, as you mentioned, I serve as a chief revenue officer at CubeLogic. Uh, CubeLogic is the uh, enterprise uh, risk management software company. So we sell risk management systems uh, to large enterprise uh, clients. Uh, the core sector for us is uh, energy and commodities. So all your energy producers, utilities, um, you know, oil majors, uh, anyone who is involved uh, in uh, trade and uh, energy and commodity products. Um, my journey in sales spans for probably 15 years at this point. I didn't start in sales, obviously kind of fell into this uh, naturally. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, the um, areas of expertise uh, generally tend to be around trading, um, financial energy trading uh, at the moment, uh, and uh, fintech. So I started out um, based in Boston always been based in Boston. You know, you might get confused by looking at my LinkedIn profile. I did um, work <laughs> quite a bit um, internationally, um, but I mean, I've kind of always been, um, uh, like Boston has been home for the last 17 years. Um, and I started out my career uh, here in Boston for the fintech company called uh, Boston Technologies, which kind of was an incredible story. Uh, probably covered extensively in the media if you Google it, but um, uh, we kind of grew from a little startup in the Boston area to just, you know, a, a global company operating in like seven different countries. Yeah. No, I in love that. period of time, in about like eight years. Yeah, that is that is no small feat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no small feat there. Yeah. Um, like what, what pursued you to, to get into sales leadership? And um, I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey there. Yeah, so it's an interesting journey. I uh, was born and raised in Belarus. It's a small country kind of nested in between in that fun region between Russia, Ukraine, Poland, uh, Latvia, Lithuania. A lot uh, happening there, yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a very interesting region. Uh, you probably hear a lot about it. Actually, a lot of people didn't know what Belarus is, but obviously after the uh, events of uh, last year, everyone kind of knows. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, obviously, um, uh, you know, that society is very engineering focused, you know, mathematics engineering. So I kind of grew up and been pushed by my parents to go get an engineering degree, which I started and I got it. Uh, but I just, you know, felt that this is not the, the path that I want to be on. Um, so I applied for schools here in Boston. I got um, admitted and uh, I came here to pursue my business degree uh, in finance. Um, so that's, um, you know, kind of tells you that I probably is not a, a person who um, I, I can, I'm, I'm good at um, math and, and I'm good at science, but I'm not the one um, uh, to be, a, you know, a software engineer. It's just not my personality. So yeah. I kind of knew that already, um, you know, and um, uh, sales just was a natural, uh, natural fit. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the speaking with people, forming relationships. And, you know, I also, I think uh, along the way, though, my technical background helped, helped quite a bit uh, because obviously I started out selling fintech, selling software. So actually 
understand what I'm selling um, was helpful, uh, definitely helpful. Um, I leaned on the product knowledge quite a bit. And, you know, I, I didn't start in the sales role. I was starting more like in operations, customer service, um, implementation. So I've learned quite a bit about the product uh, and then, um, you know, used the, that combination of skills, like soft skills and obviously some of the my tech background uh, to, to excel uh, in sales and uh from there on, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, just working with people. I enjoyed, you know, me being, you know, multicultural. I enjoyed working in, with different cultures. So it's just a natural fit, I would say. You know, you, you when you find the thing that is right, you feel it, right? You want yeah. to, you want to do it. You, 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 you come, you know, you work, but it feels like it's, you know, whatever you do for work, it, it feels like, you know, it, it's something that you can do every day, right? And you wake up and you want to do that. And, and that was... Um, I think at that point, I realized that this is probably what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's spot on, right? Like Sales, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, right, like when you can be your authentic self and, and, the, and the stars align and people say, hey, you're good at this. It's like, hey, you know, this, that, you, you know, I've been doing, I found, I've been trying to find where I fit in this life and, and what I do yeah. day in and day out. And if you love what you do, right, it's not necessarily work. And so I think you found that passion really early on. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's all facets of sales and sales entrepreneurship, right? I mean, in my personal life, you know, all the, the skills and um, uh, also, you know, uh, nurturing and coaching the teams. And I enjoyed that part as well, uh, yeah. you know, being able to, I mean, it feels um, like a big accomplishment, right? When you come to organization, you're able to build a very highly performing, effective sales team. You're able to um, uh, reorganize the processes, you know, be more effective with marketing and lead gen. I mean, all of that is very gratifying to me. So I, I enjoy yeah. it. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, as you say, the, when the stars align, you kind of know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Were there any, you know, turning, uh, significant turning points or challenges that helped, sh uh, that helped shape your approach to your sales leadership, um, methodology? Um, I think it's, it's, um, it's happening every day, right? I yeah. mean, I, I don't settle. I mean, there there's many sales methodologies, and um, I think you know, you, I I don't practice any single one of them. Um, I, I I you know, look at all of them. I read about them. I learn, uh, but I apply what is relevant, right? And it it's it largely depends on the business and the type of uh, of the audience that you are pursuing, right? You have to be extremely flexible and adaptable in your um, sales approach, right? And Things that work for a fintech company did not work for financial brokerage, right? You, yeah. you know, you, you always have to think strategically about uh, your audience, about the 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 type of the sales uh, people that you are recruiting, and how would that fit uh, with the audience, and what are the tools and methodologies that would work, right? Like, would would it be you know a, a, a you know a challenger sale or something else or a gap sale? I mean, there's so many sales methodologies out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And uh, there's, there's, uh, I found there's no, um, it's not a perfect fit, right? Like you have to use a combination that is relevant to the particular business that, that you are in. Uh, yeah. You have to know them. It's very helpful. Uh, but, you know, it's very rare that, you know, you can just go with this one sales methodology and it works perfectly for your business. Just, you know, in real life, it's just never the case. Yeah, I know. I love that, right? Like, because you have sold it kind of multiple different industries and different clients along the way. Like, um, how has that approach changed as you've met with different clients and um, mm -hmm. and really served different industries? 
Um, it, quite quite a bit, I would say. I mean, a lot depends on who you sell into. A lot depends on yeah. your deal size, on the on the velocity of the deal, right? The sector that you're selling into. And as I mentioned, you just have to be extremely flexible um, about you know how how um, what is your methodology, like your own methodology that you want to put in place uh, for this uh, you know particular business that that you are in. You know, um, in at Cube Logic, it's quite different from my previous company. Even the business model itself, the monetization. Yeah. Is- completely different. The approach was completely different, different. And the sales approach is, is very, very different. I mean, you're, um, you have a longer sales cycle, you're pursuing enterprise deal, your strategy is, uh, obviously, you need to have a really good uh, account strategy, you need to have a really solid relationship with, um, you know, with uh, you know, your champions and uh, your, you know, economic buyers, you really need to, to map out um, uh, that account map really, really well. Um, and start early, right? Don't start building the senior relationship when you are like, well, you know, at the signature stage and you don't know where to go to, you know, to push this deal across to make the quarter, right? You have sure. to start early. It, it works differently also, you know, depending on the persona that you sell to, right? I mean, uh, when you are selling to someone like uh, maybe a trader at the hedge fund, you know, you're, you're, um, urgency and um, the level of authority is very, very different from, you know, a larger enterprise sales where there's a consensus buy. you got to understand your client uh, yeah. and what you're trying to sell to them, you know, how big of a commitment it, is it uh, money-wise, you know, what are the uh, the approvals uh, that they need to get, you know, what what is their buying process, what is their uh, approval process. You have to understand all of this in the enterprise environment. It's it's quite different from, you know, the... the um, um, environment that I used to be, which is financial brokerage, where, you know, well, you know, anyone can open an account, you, know, you can put some money down, um, you open an account, and then your work as a salesperson starts after the open an account, right? Because you actually need them to trade in order for you to make your, your uh, commission, right? Right. So it's a completely different approach. And uh, the way that you approach sales in these two different scenarios is completely different. Yeah, what would you say to, to managers or leaders out there that um, you know, their teams are struggling and I would say they're maybe they, they don't necessarily totally understand their ICP or their persona. Like, how would you advise like another leader out there to say, hey, this is what I would do to approach my persona and better understand it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's a structure, some, some sort of a structure. I mean, whatever yeah. your process is, whatever your deal review process is, you know, you may be following some methodology for deal review, but just have it, right? Like have that structure uh, because it's all about, um, you know, identifying the patterns, right? So when you look at your deals, um, you know, if you have some sort of a structure of how you analyze it, you start, you know, gaining a bit of an understanding about what are the typical patterns, right? Uh, and then you look at, you know, what those organizations are, what are their sizes? Um, uh, why might they might be uh, not the ideal persona for this particular product? Maybe you have to create a subset of product uh, for for this persona. Um, I think right. approaching it with some sort of a structure always helps. Um, um, you know, it's always easy to look at the deals and say, well, in the, this one, you know, all of them have some sort of a unique reason why they haven't closed yet. But in reality, if you have a structure, like, you know, some sort of structure in the way you approach the deal analysis, you will likely see the pattern emerge, right? It might, right. You might need to do the deal re- review a few times, but, you know, some of the patterns, they will become obvious, right? After you, you know, you take the uh, kind of you put 
the the reasons and uh, uh, and uh, the size of the company and you know all the other kind of key metrics and you put it in some sort of a you know a, a, a structured uh, um, you know table you will see that there are certain pa- patterns right so I think the key is identifying patterns and then what, once you yeah like once you do well there is an ICP but there's different types of ICP right I mean we do have several of them and we 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 kind of fine tuned our product to be able to approach the SMEs and to be able to approach large oil majors and you know they're very like our product is relevant to all of them but it's a little bit different flavor of the product at a little bit different price point yeah Uh, but you kind of need to first identify where like what are those um you know types of personas and types of uh, ideal clients that that uh, that you are pursuing right and it could be five of them um, you just need to understand what is it that they're looking for, what motivates them, what is their price point, what are the typical objections, like how do you fit uh, in the, um, uh, you know, within the competitive landscape, right? Like what are your differentiators, and you know, at the end, what is your value proposition for the subsector of your clients? Absolutely, I think you're you're spot on there. Um, you know, you mentioned building relationships with your champion, and um. like really early on in the stages, like how are you then coaching your team to say like, Hey, we need to build better relationships um, with our clients and with our future prospects. Like what do you, what what advice are you giving to your sellers and the, and your leadership team? Well, I mean, obviously as a part of our approach, we obviously try to get them. I mean, post COVID luckily we're able to get in front of people, right. At the industry conferences, industry events, and focus on really on, on that relationship building. Right. And I think, People can always see, you know, a salesperson and uh, between the salesperson and someone who's genuinely interested in who they are, what their business is, right? So I think that that approach, and I, I do that myself, you know, if I pursue um, a, a prospect, I'm trying to understand, you know, what is their, how, how their company operates, what, what, what is, uh, what is their image to the outside, uh, on the outside, like how, like what's the image in the stock market investors, you know, maybe buy their stock, read the news about them on a daily basis, because you try to get in the mindset of your customer, right? So just be genuinely interested. I think if you are genuinely interested, um, you know, your conversations are going to be easier with them. Um, you will really understand why you're pursuing this uh, type of a client. You understand what motivates them. I mean, even if you look at their financial, uh, uh, you know, statements, you can get a lot of different ideas about why, um, you know, they would benefit from from your product, right? The prospect will not tell you why they should buy. It's your job to identify why they should buy your product. And for that reason, you have to be genuinely interested in what they do, who they are, um, how they approach their business, and how your product can benefit their business. I mean, that's your homework, right? Um, so that's always my advice: is being, you know, genuinely, genuinely interested, and it helps to form that relationship. And um, you know, at the end of the day, from my previous industries, I was always interested, and um, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've never had much of a social life outside of work, which. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Um, so a lot of my friendships are like my ex-clients or my yeah. ex-colleagues, right? Because, you know, for the most part of my life, like most of my day, I spent, you know, talking to, um, you know, the people that I'm trying to sell my product to or people that I work with, right? I mean, most of my social circle still revolves around what I do for work. Um, so you end up just becoming really good friends. Yeah, no, I love that, right? And um, great point there, like, do you then try to focus around hiring people that are are just curious minded, right? Because I think that's a really part of that that discovery process of being authentic, right? And that and that it's really that seek to understand um, mindset. But not everybody has that. 
not everybody has that. I mean, it, it's not just that. I would say it's a combination of skills, right? And some of the positions that I filled over the past year had to do with, well, breaking into the new uh, vertical for KubeLogic, right? This is a really tough job. You have yeah. to be genuine curious right absolutely um, because you have so many unknowns it's not that i can give you the script and say here's the five personas and here's what they're looking for like yeah no, like scrap that there's nothing uh, like <laughs> that for this new sector you have to be curious you have to go and uh find out what are they like what are their needs what are their pain pain problems talk to their partners talk to their vendors like understand you know how do you fit in the landscape of their of their system architecture right i mean this is a tough job so you have to be curious if you're not curious you're just not going to succeed but apart from that always i mean some of the other qualities discipline right i mean it's tough as as an enterprise sales rep you have to be a self-starter right absolutely and guiding you and giving you hand-holding you, giving you instructions, right? Like you're going to be self-disciplined. You have to be really good at prospecting. You have to be, um, again, you know, we live in the 21st century with, you know, all the AI and all the help that's out there. You have to be able to lean on that help. You have to be able to be, again, curious enough uh, to go learn how to use those new tools and actually suggest them to me. Like I'm not be, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not also up to date on, you know, everything that's out there. So yeah, I think, you know, I rely quite a bit on those qualities, you know, discipline, curiosity, uh, ability to uh, uh, leverage all the new tools um, uh, out there and, and really be good at prospecting. I mean, everything always goes back to prospecting, right? Yeah. We've got to be disciplined to do some good quality prospecting. Um, and uh, understand, be curious uh, about the, the the market. Be curious about the clients, uh, and uh, keep thinking strategically. Right? If you you know A/B test, uh, you know different messages, persistence. You know, um, don't give up. I mean, all of those things that that you would you know look for uh, in the sales salesperson. Yeah, you know, I think that you 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 all you all mostly focus on the enterprise side, and I think as you. As you as the deals get bigger, right? Relationships become more and more um, vital in those types of deals, right? Because it's the longer sales cycle. You're you're working with this person pretty closely, and I think a lot of the the problem right now in this market is people don't want to buy because it's it's the it's the fear of acquiring the wrong technology or the right the wrong solution, and then it not working, mm-hmm. and the person loses their job. And so. How have you found um, or worked with your reps to make sure like, hey, we're putting this person at ease and, and really giving them the 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 understanding is like, hey, we're a value partner um, in that sense. Like are there are certain things that you're doing with your team to make sure that they're building those that muscle or that that relationship with your with your sellers or your buyers? Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it is uh, critical in the enterprise deal. I mean, and, and that's kind of my credo is don't rely on a single champion. Right. If champion yeah. can it's too much from the person to ask to stick their neck out in this large organization and say they'll vouch for you, right? And and put their like name and reputation on the line, right? It's your job to help them, right? So you need to multi-thread from the beginning. As I've mentioned, you need uh, to build enough trust with your champions so they can introduce you to you know their um, managers, their economic buyers. So you have a chance to speak to those people, you know, b- before the, the deal is, you know, kind of, hey, like it, it's on the forecast to close this month, right? Yeah. Um, you 
be able to multi-thread, you know, uh, you have to be able to, uh, you know, with the knowledge, I mean, your champion should know about it, but, you know, you, you should help him or her out, right? Uh, work with their, with their, whichever other relevant departments involved, whether it's, you know, IT or finance, I mean, depending on what you sell in, right? All the other uh, stakeholders, you need to, um, you know, really engage with them and that, and it helps your cause, it helps your champion's cause because uh, it's not that now that, the, you know, he or she is the only one who's uh, basically put in the, the name and reputation on the line. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, they have a, a bigger alliance within organization and you work with all these people addressing their concerns uh, throughout the process, right? Because, you know, there are different concerns from different departments. You need to understand what everyone's motivations are, right? You don't want Absolutely. to have last minute surprises from some department or stakeholder that you've overlooked uh, at the sales process. And, and, you know, it happens all the time, right? That's why. Yeah. What, the deal review as a sales manager or, or a CRO, a sales director, you have to really be, um, you know, shooting holes through the through the deal, right? I mean, looking at it from multiple angles to be able to understand, you know, like what anticipate what what could go wrong here, right? Like where like where are the loose ends, like where have we haven't covered, right? Have we, yeah. you know, reached out to the CFO? You know, how can we reach out? You know, is there someone in the network? I mean, it's just think strategically, looking at that map strategically um think about you know who else what other uh, people on this map that we you know we haven't aligned uh, yet it, it's challenging yes people are always afraid of change right and something yeah. that we're selling kind of sits at the core of the operation um you know it's it's uh, typically you know uh, there there's some system either internal or external already in place you know and um we're essentially asking uh this organization to you know rip off everything they've got and and trust in us that we can deliver and uh, you know spend money with us on implementation and on the license and uh, you know uh, go on this journey with us you know it's uh, it's it's a lot to ask for so um, sure we have to do our homework we have to convince them we have to help you know we have a champion help the champion you know align all the stakeholders make sure all the questions are addressed make sure everyone is crystal clear how you know like do your ROI uh, for them analysis, like show them how you will improve uh, performance of the business, right? I mean, that's on that's on you as a salesperson. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned um, deal, deal deal reviews being so important. Like, are you doing, are you trying to go over all deals or like, how do you then prioritize certain deals and how often are you doing a deal review on, on a deal that, hey, you know, um, you know, so many deals are coming up every day. How do you then focus in on the deals? Is every deal, like, talk to me about that. Yeah, well, every deal, I mean, obviously look at the strategic ones, right? The larger kind of ticket size uh, deals, uh, strategic to the business, I would pay more attention to that. But generally speaking, I review like the next six month pipeline um, every week uh, with uh, okay. uh, my sales team. I'd like to understand what happened, what were the changes. Like if we're blanking on some items, like we don't understand what their purchasing process is. How do we resolve that? How can we work towards that, right? Like who do we need to engage yeah. Um, and we'll lean on some of our consultants. Are there any connections that we have within the organization? So it's important, right? I mean, some of the key aspects of the deal, um, you know, if you are like six months out before closing, you know, you really need to make sure that you have all your bases covered uh, from there. You need to have a solid understanding of, of their process, of their people involved, uh, of, um, you know, who is signing this, you know, what are the obstacles? If, is there other system? Is money the problem? I mean, all of those things, you, you need to think about them ahead of time, at least like six months uh, ahead of time. So um, yeah. I'm not cherry picking any deals. Uh, we kind of look at it kind of in our organization at the moment, you know, we're, we're a bit more, I guess, longer kind of 
term thinkers, right? Just because of the the sales cycle, we're kind of looking like, hey, next six months, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you a deals on a monthly, the ones that are on a monthly basis, right? Like anything that comes up um, this month, if it's a shorter deal cycle, I mean, it depends on organization. Um, but I'm also looking, you know, maybe once a month, I'll look at like, okay, what's the end of 2024 looks like? What are the strategic deals that are there? You know, how are we making progress towards them? Um, you know, let's map out what the next step. I mean, yes, it's further along. Maybe they just started their assessment process. But, you know, here's the, here are the things we should think about ahead of time uh, before they kind of hit their ne- next milestone. Even though the deal is going to close, you know, end of 2024, you still have to put activity and, and thought behind it, right? You know, uh, what are the things you should be doing at this stage in the, in the process? Yeah, no, I love that, right? And I think you bring, bring up a bunch of great points. Like for uh, for those in other leadership roles, like what, what are some tips that you have for effectively managing a team? <laughs> I, I, I know that's a loaded question. That's it. It's, it's a very, <laughs> I mean, obviously everyone kind of takes... Um, different approaches. I mean, my approach is always, I mean, I'm trying to foster, you know, kind of the team environment, uh, everyone helping each other uh, on the deals. I'm trying something, you know, and in the enterprise environment, you know, you have the deals that are, you know, global multinationals, you know, you have to have, I mean, salespeople by nature, you know, obviously hunters, uh, very competitive. Uh, But, um, you know, I, I'm trying to foster this team environment because sometimes you have, and we have a, at, at CubeLogic, this happens a lot, right? Like we have a large multinational operating in Europe and operating here in North America. I need people to cooperate, right? This deal yeah. is not going to happen if you don't convince Europe and this deal is not going to happen if you don't convince North America. So therefore you have to work together, right? Um, so uh, as, as a sales leader, that's my approach. It might not be right for everyone. I'm always trying to, create that team environment. We're working together to achieve a common goal, right? And uh, I'm always trying to align people behind that goal, right? I mean, yes, thinking about their personal quarters is important, but also thinking about the company performance and the next company milestone and what's there for them if we reach that milestone as a team, right? Um, and that's that, That's what we are working together uh, to, together on. Um, um, that's my, my advice. I mean, again, you know, it's hard to give advices, right? Everyone operates in such different environments uh, in uh, you know, having their own personal style. I would say I'm, I'm more of a democratic leader yeah. um, where I'm, I'm trying to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, I get people to work together, but also give them um, understanding and reasoning why they should do this. Right. Um, and so it's not like I told them, like, you, you're just going to work together on this deal. You know, we talk through this, why, you know, only together you will win this. Right. I mean, by, right. by working with each other, not, um, you know, running uh, separately um, on it. Yeah. No, I love that. Right. Like, Hey, we, we all run together and we, and we get there together. And as you know, I think that's difficult as a sales leader to say, Hey, like, I know that you all have your own quota and your own number and your own activity that you need to reach. But in the same token, right, we need to work together and be collaborative because um, we either all win together and hitting that sales number or we don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if one of you has an f- incredible year, that's great, but, uh, you know, might not help the company, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, we all need to perform. So, you, yes, yeah, so you need to be collaborative. You need to help each other. And I'm big on, like, sharing what worked, what hasn't, sharing intelligence. I mean, just sharing as much information as you can, you know, what pitches worked, you know, what um, uh, kind of uh, cold messaging worked, uh, um, you know, what what works and what doesn't. You know, we, we constantly discuss that as, as a team to make sure, you know, collectively we develop approach that works for the company, right? It makes it easier. Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, what advice would you give to maybe new leaders that are continuing to want to move up the ranks, right? Uh, like, uh, is there anything that you found that you've done maybe in your career that, that has helped you move up into um, higher level roles and obviously now leading the entire um, function at CubeLogic, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, it's always, I mean, you're in sales, right? It's managing stakeholders. <laughs> it's managing up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's the, a lot many, of times the hardest to do. Yeah, it's very hard. It's even harder than managing down. So many sales leaders has very strong pers- have very strong personalities. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, makes it tough to get for, for them to get along, you know, with the, with management, right? Like might have a completely different views on the way the business should be run and, uh, frequently engage in, you know, uh, some heated arguments about, you know, why, um, uh, you know, the, the management or the board is wrong. Right. And, I mean, it's, again, it's man- managing your stakeholders, right? I mean, yeah. work, work is a process, right? Maybe you don't agree and that's fine. And you have to, um, you know, you, you have to explain yourself why you don't agree, provide, I mean, the, provide the business case, provide the reasoning, you know, um, it, it, it's a sales job. Managing up is a sales job. If you have something to sell, you know, you kind of like in sales, prepare the ROI, you know, <laughs> explain <laughs> To them why but i mean obviously we all make mistakes uh, along the way and i've been told uh, several times early in my career that i come across as aggressive so i had to um i had to uh, you know uh, change my style a little bit because obviously i don't want to come across as aggressive but you know maybe that's just how it came through and people looked at it as uh, i'm i'm being uh, too aggressive and too authoritarian so um i work with people right i i have to adjust my approach uh and uh, a lot of times, you know, I don't have time uh, and maybe it was reason like I didn't have time. I don't want to explain myself. Right. Uh, and so I would, you know, maybe just kind of have a bit of a knee jerk reactions. Uh, and, um, you know, I was, you know, working with the feedback. I was given that feedback and I tried my best to, um, you know, to uh, explain uh, my uh, um my stance on on things like why I'm thinking this way, right? I really take time uh, to talk to people and uh, don't, you know, make those kind of snap, you know, judgments or snap comments. Uh, um, you know, working, um, you know, working with the with the stakeholders, stakeholders, just like you would with a client, right? I mean, uh, you know, your your managers, your board, are you know, you have to work with them in a similar fashion as you would with the client. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're hitting all the all, all the check boxes there. And I think as as we think about, you know, managing up, right? Think about it almost as like our prospect in that sense, right? Like get to know that person, what um solve problems for that for your leaders, right? And then at that point, right, they'll see you as a future leader and somebody that is innovative and um maybe feels like they know knows what they need before they need it. And I think at that point, right, you make yourself invaluable. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, you get to know there are people, right? I mean, everyone is a human, you know, we'll have our flaws. Um, Sometimes, you know, we want to force our opinion uh, in the meetings. And that's, that's just how things that's things happen, how life happens, right? If you don't agree, you you know, you don't have to hold yourself back and, and, and say nothing. But you know, you have to be prepared to explain and provide the, the rationale why you don't agree, right? Um, yeah, Instead of engaging in, you know, like a super heated uh, uh, debate and, and going personal and all of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? It's business. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes stakes are high and emotions are through the roof, and you know, it happens, right? Um, 
you know, you just learn from your experiences, you learn how to improve, you reflect, you know, you get your feedback and, you know, you work towards being a better leader, a better, a better person, you know, whatever your aspirations are. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, I have one last question for you. Like, how do you want people to remember you when you uh, when you leave this life? Oh, God, not preparing to leave this life. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, we don't want we don't yeah, want yeah. you to yeah we don't want you to leave yeah well i, I just want people to remember um that um you know i uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm a very passionate person right so uh, yeah. anything that i do you know whether whether it's um uh a personal project of some sorts right or something that i do for my kids school or or um you know i do for the community here in the boston area uh or you know i i do for my job right um you know um i don't know launching offices and uh, you know leading creating teams um i'm always passionate about it and then i think generally people kind of feel feel that uh, that energy and um and uh, feel that, you know, I'm really passionate about what I do. And that's what I want people to remember that, you know, I live my life to the fullest and always try to be passionate about everything I do. I love that. Bring passion to you, to whatever you do. And I think people will resonate with it. And, um, and, you know, I think they'll jump on the train with you. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Many of them have been, and I really appreciate that leap of yeah. faith. No, I love that. I love that. Well, Natalia, I appreciate you jumping on with us. And this is just another episode of How the Grades Do It.